God freely gives me grace every day, knowing my past, knowing what I've done, knowing the sins I've committed. So why shouldn't I pass that grace to others, show that same grace? Because it is not for me to decide the guilt or the sin or how badly somebody else sins. That is not for me to decide. That is up. To, that is between them and God. You know, the truth is this. Most of our stories don't go the way we would have hoped or planned. Are you doing today what you thought you would be doing when you were just a little girl? What do you do when addiction, depression, anxiety, and abuse turn your life upside down? What do you do then? Where can you look for peace and joy when your world has imploded? Welcome to the Significant Women Podcast. I'm your host, Carol McLeod, and I'm joined today by Maggie Tabbert, and she's quite the story to share with us. With 20 years of sobriety, she works with Celebrate Recovery to help other women live their lives sold out for God. Let's lean in and listen to Maggie's story. Well, I'm so excited you're joining me today in the Significant Women podcast. And I'm here with a woman who we're more than acquaintances, Maggie. Yes. Um, we haven't ever met in person. This is the first time we've seen each other's faces, but we have known each other. Um, yes. In, in the world of communications that we both live in, different mm -hmm. avenues maybe, but we both live there. And... Mm -hmm. um, I have realized that you have quite the story, but before yes. you tell your story, okay. um, I, I just want to talk to you about what you do on a daily basis. Like you're, you're a radio host. You yes. work out of Toledo, Ohio on Yes FM. And so what is the most challenging part of being a radio host? Well, that's just part of my duties. So um, I work here at, in Toledo, Ohio. We are Yas FM. Uh, we are a listener-supported radio station that plays Christian music. We focus on youth and families. And it's really great because we have so many families and stuff, and we're expanding out into the world. My daily basis, I have three titles, actually. I am the morning show producer. I am okay. an administrative assistant. Okay. And I am a, a on-air personality. Okay. So, so, so you my, wear a lot of hats. Yes, I do. I do. And I came yeah. into this thinking I was just going to be a part-time DJ and a year and a half later, and here I am, morning show producer, talking to awesome people like you um, on, a, on a daily basis. So it's really so, great. So Yes FM, um, the Christian mm -hmm. station you work for, you yes. know your focus. It is to families. It is yes. to youth. So mm -hmm. Maggie, what would you say, because you know your audience, what would you say is the most pressing problem that families are facing today? We, I hear a lot of uh, families are dealing with just keeping the children focused on the positive, healthy things and pointed towards Christ. There is so much background noise and the internet and with secular music and and just lyrics and things that are out there. I, I know for a fit example, because I have a grandson that's almost seven that has, you know, the screen in his face and I'm always looking to see what he's watching because you don't know what's out there. And there's some really ugly things. And I think that's 
a lot of the struggles and a lot of the parents that we have are just struggling with keeping their kids focused on God and keeping the secular and the world and those kind of influences out of their children's minds. And so that's where we come in as providing that clean music, that clean entertainment um, and, and you know, positive reinforcement and a little bit of God's words in there to help bring the families out for them to be able to play this kind of music as I did as my children were growing up. I've been Amen. a long time listener to Yes FM, and that's what I used to put my kids, you know, come on, let's listen to this. And it was so oh, much I better than the secular. Yeah, music is such a powerful component of a young person's mm-hmm. life. And it, really it can is. really take them many different directions. So having this option is so powerful. But mm-hmm. so Maggie, here you are today as a as a host on a Christian radio station, and you get to share positive thoughts and words and and the word of God with people every day. But your life has not always looked like this. No, Um, no. 30 years ago, you never would have thought this is where you'd be today. So go back to the beginning and tell us your life story. Well, um, I, as you mentioned, 30 years ago, so you wouldn't have known growing up, I was this quiet, meek, shy girl going by Margaret, my full name. I was named after my grandmother, who is this strong woman, raised seven girls, helped run a farm, and then decided, hey, I'm going to go to night school and become a nurse. (laughs) So I grew up thinking, this is what I want to be. But I just, I had this really, a lot of doubts. Um, I went through some trauma as a a young girl. I was um, sexually abused uh, by a friend, um, older brother, for several years um, and was attacked when I was 13 and babysitting. So I had a, a lot of, sex, you know, this trauma and my parents split up around that same time. So going through my teenage years was really difficult. Um, I did turn a lot into alcohol and drugs. Um, and later in life, um, I, 19, I met this man who was older and thought he was just something great. And started, went into an an almost 11 year, very abusive situation. Um, I ended up coming out the other end, strung out on heroin, um, drinking, um, dragging my two children along for this horrible, horrible ride and ended up taking a, a tour of the Ohio penal system. Eventually everything caught up with me and the things I did, which weren't terrible, but, um, I, ended up getting uh, going away. And so I got to go to the Ohio for Reformatory for Women. So September 29, 2000, I hit my knees in a jail cell and went, God, <laughs> I'm yours. Just get me through this. You know, help me, strengthen me. And that was the turning point. That was my last day. That was my sobriety date. So I've got 22 years of sobriety in. Uh, went into the system and just, I said, I want my Bible. Bring me my Bible. And that honestly is the only thing I have from before. Because living it the way a drug addict lives, I moved out, took, you know, all I had was to close my back. They delivered my Bible. I went to the uh, reformatory and everything was gone. When I came back, my apartment was gone. All my stuff was gone. Everything I owned was gone. But the important thing was in my Bible. I had my faith. I had God with me. 
And, you know, I kept going, walking through life with, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11 at this point. God has a plan. God has a plan. God has wow. a plan. Yeah. So how long were you in the penal system? How long were you in, in prison, I assume? I actually got very lucky in the how it, it turned out. So I was actually sentenced for 18 months. They suspended the sentence and put me on probation and I was to pay restitution. Well, after not paying restitution, my judge says, all right, well, let's send you to work release. You know, maybe you'll learn something there. Well, I didn't learn there because I was still using. And I ended up, um, and I say a tour because I went from there and I, I, uh, they found out I was using. So they sent me from work release into the county, um, the area lockup. So I went to Stryker, Ohio in a facility there, spent the duration of that. I got out, had to be to court in two days and I stayed high that whole two days, showed up to court the next two days. And he said, that's it. I'm done messing with you. And I was retained then. Um, went to the county lockup, and that is where I had my moment with God and said, all right, this is it. And so I was on my way facing the rest of my 18-month sentence in Marysville, Ohio. I got there and found that they still had a shock incarceration program or boot camp. And I saw that it, it was help. You know, they did Bible studies, they did AANA, they had parenting classes. I became a certified tutor because I was one of the few women that had my high school diploma. So I was helping women get their GEDs. This is a 90-day program. So I spent a, like 32 days in regular, you know, prison. I went into the 90-day program, came out, went to a halfway house in Columbus where I was supposed to spend eight weeks. Week seven, they said call your ride. You're going home tomorrow. My mom came and picked me up and I came out. Um, I walked into a AA meeting, my first meeting outside of being in a facility. And I walked up to the front and I said, hi, this is where the meeting is, right? And the guy looks at me, he goes, yeah. And I said, well, cause I'm, my name is Margaret and I just got out of Marysville and this is my first meeting. And he looked up at me and he said, well, Maggie, we're glad you're here. And that was it. That was it. I just went, okay. That was what I call my Saul to Paul moment. Mm. My life changed. And it was a new me and I went perfect. So now I'm Maggie. I've been Maggie for the last 22 years. Wow. And I so, met my husband Maggie, and he, were, you know, everything. <laughs> Being Maggie. So, so how old were your kids when you were going through that period of incarceration oh. and getting the help you needed? Five and seven. Oh, so who took care of them for you? They actually went and stayed with their their father, their birth father. Okay, okay. Which is interesting in itself because he was the abusive man mm -hmm. that I got away from. And um, three years after I left him, which was during this time, during this time he was going through cancer treatments because they found he had cancer. They found he had cancer like within a year of me leaving him. And within three years, he passed away. So he wow. was gone. He's gone now. Um, but so they yeah. stayed with their biological dad while you were going mm -hmm. through that. And yes. then you got your kids back once you got out and you were mm -hmm. clean? I never lost custody of them. I never signed off custody. And going through the system, they said, you don't have to. So, 
just, you know, when, when you get out, I went and picked them up and brought them home and that was it. And I told them, mom's changed. Mom's different now. And they saw it even at that young age, they knew, I mean, I didn't explain the whole drugs and everything until later on when they got older, but I, I told them, you know, mom doesn't drink anymore. And they saw a difference and they still, you know, they're older now, uh, you know, 30 years old almost. And they both are very proud of me, of where I've been and where I've come from. So um, today... You're Mm -hmm. working for a Christian radio station. Yes. Um, You have two young adult kids. I heard you say you have a grandson. I have three Um, now. I have three now. I I married my husband in 2003, who is the total opposite of my first husband. Sweet. And and he came along with a three-year-old. He adopted my my children. Uh And then I had another daughter. So now I have three beautiful grown children and five grandchildren. You know, Maggie, your story is so <laughs> redemptive. I, I mm. hope that, that your story gives hope to women who are dealing with such hard issues today. Yeah. Um, because who would have thought 25 or 30 years ago that this is how God... Well, God thought that. God yeah, knew yeah. he was going to use you. Yes. Whereas there's that Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I have a plan for you. And I've also found this wonderful ministry called Celebrate Recovery. And that is, I, I, yes. I have two, actually three ministries, if you count my church, that I participate in and I'm very, very um, passionate about. And Celebrate Recovery is another one. That It is a Christ-centered program. It's a 12-step program, but it's for everything, any hurt, habit, or hang-up. It's not necessarily for addicts and, and uh, you know, alcoholics. It's for anybody that struggles with life. And it is a mm. wonderful program. And I'm one of the leaders on our at our team that meets at our church. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's a wonderful program. And I really, really suggest if anybody, if you're struggling with anything, look it up, you know, find celebraterecovery.com, find a meeting in your area because it is wonderful. Um, it, it just really is a Christ-based program for anybody. And it really does help. Yes. I've been involved in that for about three years now and it's just a wonderful program. So I get, I get to do ministry day and night, and it's just awesome. So, Maggie, what would you say today to a woman who's struggling? Maybe it's not with an addiction, but maybe with mm-hmm. depression. Maybe she's been through trauma, like the sexual abuse mm-hmm. you went through. What hope would you give her today? I, you know, and that's where I come back to that my, my life verse is just remember that God has a plan for you. If you are not safe, God will provide that way out. If you reach out, that is the whole thing is, you know, like the story of the guy that's on the roof in the flood and he's sitting there and a guy comes up, you know, Hey, the I am in a big truck, you know, come on, let's go. The guy comes, he doesn't go, no, God's going to take care of me. Guy comes up in a rowboat. Nope. God's going to take care of me. Helicopter comes. The guy drowns, gets up and God goes, God, where were you? You know, and it comes back. Well, I sent all this stuff for you, but you have to reach out. So reach out. There are programs, there are churches, there are people out there that are ready and willing to help you get out of the situation. Find a good person, accountability person, or a church group, or celebrate recovery. Get involved, and they will be there for you. Um, And lean on God. Just know that if you follow Him, 
and you allow him to guide your life, you will find that things aren't going to be perfect, but boy, are they going to be better. You know, he does have a plan for your life. He does not want you to go through these troubles. He wants you to prosper. Well, we'll get back to Maggie's story in just a minute, but I want to talk to those of you who today are are struggling with purpose, identity, stress, or loneliness. You know, several years ago, I looked at secular sources to see what the major issues are that women face today. And they all agreed, AMA, Harvard, Barna, Huffington Post, the major enemies of women are purpose, identity, stress, and loneliness. So I wrote a book from a biblical worldview that deals with each one of those issues. The name of that book is Significant, Becoming a Woman of Unique Purpose, True Identity, and Irrepressible Hope. If you or a friend is facing one of those devastating issues, I want to encourage you to go to Amazon or go to our website and buy a copy of my book, Significant. It's a perfect book for mothers or grandmothers or aunts to do with teens or young adult women because it's going to help them discover their true identity in Jesus Christ. Now, let's get back to my conversation with Maggie. Maggie, let's talk about forgiveness for a minute. Mm -hmm. Because Mm. when I talk, whenever I talk to you, this is not the first time we've conversed. Yes. You just seem to be so free of shame and um, bitterness. But (laughs) you you were sexually abused, misused. You went into this marriage with a very harsh husband. Mm Mm-hmm. What did you go through to forgive these people who so misused your innocence, your naivete, oh. your your age? How did you forgive them? Hey, not easily. And it took years mm-hmm. to really get through it. Um, therapy, that was a good one. A, a good Christian therapist. Um, there is a big difference. And don't worry if you go in and and you go in, I had to fire a therapist and find a new one because we just didn't fit. And that was a big part of working through it and learning to not just forgive those people, but to forgive myself and to Mm. forgive God because not realizing it, you know, in the back of my mind, I was really, really mad at God because I went through all this. And so a lot of time, it did take me a long time to get to that point and a lot of praying, a lot of therapy and just finally sitting down and, and it just seemed like the one, at one point, I just felt it go when I was praying. Wow. And yeah. from that moment on, I, you know, tears running down my face, I felt lighter and I just knew <sighs> I've hit that point. That forgiveness, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that forgiveness, mm-hmm. and, and like you said, for everybody. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, that's so good, Maggie, because unforgiveness can harm us in so many ways. Oh, yeah. And you, you talk, your countenance <laughs> is like that of a free woman. And I think that unforgiveness, bitterness holds us in chains. You know, we think we're harming the other person who's done it to us, but Mm -hmm. really we're just hurting ourselves. Um, 
you know, I've heard it said, Maggie, that forgiveness is when the innocent one lets the guilty one go free. Yes. Um, and that's what you have done. That's yeah. what you've done. Yeah. Working, working a step study with Celebrate Recovery too, you work through all these little steps and you work on your forgiveness and you do um, a, a personal inventory and you share that. And it, it's so freeing to go through that as well. It, it, that's another piece of the healing part as well. That really is. Mm-hmm. So. And I think people struggle with, and they might think, well, they don't deserve to be forgiven. Well, that's the whole point. Mm. <laughs> they don't deserve it, but we no. give it freely. Um, God so freely gives so me powerful. grace. God freely gives me grace every day, knowing my past, yes. knowing what I've done, knowing the sins I've committed. So why shouldn't I pass that grace to others, show that same grace, because it is not for me to decide the guilt or the sin or how badly somebody else sins. That is not for me to decide. Mm-hmm. That is up. To, that is between them and God. So that's mm-hmm. where I've come to that point to where it's just like, okay, you know, God's mm-hmm. going to do that, not me. And that is right, right. so freeing, so freeing, mm-hmm. really freeing. So you've said that Jeremiah 29, 11 is yes. really your life verse. Oh, for yes. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Yes. That's what a great Bible verse for a former addict, a former yes. alcoholic in abusive relationships. And yet today you can say, I serve a God who has good plans for my life. I do. Are there any other scriptures from the Bible that have highly impacted your life, your, your, yeah. fr- your, your well, mindset? The, the, it, Matthew 17, because I carry my mustard seed with me everywhere, you know, to remember mm. that faith. That's mm. all I need is that little bit of faith, that little bit of faith. So everybody that sees me knows that this goes with me everywhere. And that is on my, at my desk, I have Jeremiah 29, 11. I have uh, the the Matthew 17 one. I also, um, Deuteronomy 31, 8, which is the Lord himself goes before you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. I, I recited that to myself a lot when I first was going through a lot of this because I was scared. I was scared to not just for my own safety, but what's going to happen with my kids? When am I going to see them again? And yeah. You know, to go through that and come back better and stronger was great. But yeah, that was my, that was a big thing. And to know, all right, God's with me, God's with me. And then yeah. part of the whole forgiveness thing was when I heard there's a song, <laughs> music. This is where Yes FM came in is because I found them after I, you know, shortly after I got home and I started listening to the music and there is a song called Ocean's Floor by Audio Adrenaline. And that one is um, the verse in Micah. And that's what it says. He takes your sins and he throws them as far as the ocean floor. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that song resonated with me a lot. So there's that other verse in Micah where we're talking about how far God throws our sins and he, you know, they're, they're on the ocean floor. You don't have to worry about yeah. that anymore. The, that was a big part of it too. I heard Corey Ten Boom say one time that he's put your sins in the deepest part of the sea and mm-hmm. he's put up a no fishing allowed sign. <laughs> so we, we can't go and take them back. We have to leave them yes. where God has put them. 
Mm-hmm. So Maggie, I heard you talk about the great impact that your grandmother had on your life as, yes. as a little girl. But who are some other women who have impacted your life? It could be somebody from scripture. It could be somebody from history that you've never met. Or it could be your second grade Sunday school teacher. Who are some of the women who have impacted your life greatly? So, I mean, of course, my mother My mother was one of the people that I looked up to big time. She is a very strong woman as well. Uh, you know, strong women raise strong women. Uh, my mother went through, you know, the divorce and was alone doing this. My father, when my father left, he left. And so she took care of three of us you know, worked and kept the house together. I mean, we never went without and seeing her struggle, but yet persevere and bring us kids up and take us to church and make sure that we had that great foundation and always, always made sure we knew we were loved. Mm. That was a big thing. I mean, that is something that I carry now is to make sure that life is short we are not promised tomorrow and always, right. always make sure people know that you, that they are, that you love them. Um, yeah. I had, I grew up in a church, um, unfortunately closed in 2016, but it was just one of those, you walked in, you were at home. And I had mm-hmm. a couple of really great women that I, you know, Sunday school teachers that, you know, I see, I've seen them recently and they're still around to this day and they're in their almost 90s. But, you know, I have two Barb's and a Charlotte and these women were, as I was growing up, these were the women that really were there and really taught me the basics and made sure that even as a child growing up that I knew God's love, I knew his promises Mm -hmm. and I knew Mm -hmm. him. I knew him. So these these are these are the other great women in my life that I can say that I look up to. So Sunday school teachers, church women, a mom, yes. a grandma, these are the women that have impacted your life. Yes. Maggie, what what was your mom going through when you were in such deep trouble? Oof. <laughs> well, it was rough because I didn't have a lot of contact outside, except for once in a while I had got to use the phone, um, call, talk to her. And I know that she would, she was praying for me. She told me, I'm praying for you. You know, I'm going to church and the, the, the women at church and the people at church and pastors, you know, we're all praying for you. So I knew that she was there for me. And the fact that going through what I went through beforehand, I disappointed her big time. I did some awful things and I was really scared that she wouldn't want me to come back home afterwards. But they have a um, a graduation ceremony at the, from boot camp and she came. Mm-hmm. And mm. I was 30 years old. I was a recovering addict, had nothing to my name. And my mother looked at me and she hugged me and she says, I'm proud of you. She's because I know that I broke her heart, but seeing me take what I did and where I was, because I asked her, what? She said, but you took where you, look what you did from where you are. And that was, that was awesome. And unfortunately, in the last few years, 
I've got a taste of that as well because my daughter just went through um, addiction to opiates. She is um, a year and a half clean now. Praise the Lord. But, and she will tell you that she knows my mom's prayers saved me. Just as I can say, my mom's prayers saved me. So going through it on the other end, now I get the heartbreak and the, and the helplessness you feel. Because I get that from, you know, my mom and I had a great conversation about it. And she just said she just knew she felt hopeless. And all she knew she could do was pray because she didn't know that tomorrow, am I going to see on the news that they found my daughter's body? Or I was just going to disappear or, you know, end up in the hospital. And he said, I was in a bad situation. But God was looking out for me during that whole time because he brought me through it. I was never seriously injured. I never got any broken bones. I still have all my teeth, you know, which a lot of women that have used, they lose their teeth. <laughs> so, so I tell people, you know, I, so I came through it stronger and better than I was before. Mm-hmm. And it was because of my poor mother who felt hopeless, but yet prayed. Yes. And, yes. and God brought me through that. God, you know, I tell people, God put me where I needed to be. Well, you were in prison. Yeah. That's where I needed to be. That's yeah, where I needed yeah. to be to find that that hope and that help and that strength. Amen. So that's where. So I was. you had a you had a mom who prayed for you. Mm-hmm. You're a mom who prays for your children. I do, and that gives me great hope as the mom of a prodigal to mm-hmm. pray on because prayer changes situations. It so does. Maggie. The time went so fast, I can't even believe it. But before we go, before we go, would you pray for my listeners? Would you just pray a prayer of hope and blessing over the women who are listening today? Oh, yes. Yes, please. So, Father God, just we come before you and we just ask you, Lord, that you just touch every woman that is out there that is listening to this message, that your message is heard through me, through Carol, and that they find that they find that comfort and that grace that you so freely give and that they feel your love. Because that is the most important thing is love. And we know that you make the impossible possible. You give strength to those who need it. And you just bring those and you come alongside of those people who are suffering and who are weary and who are troubled and you will bring them through it. Just pour that out on those women out there today. Let them hear you and not me through this. Or they, they hear you through me and through Carol and so that they find their way and they find that comfort and they find that hope in your name. Amen. Amen. If you've been encouraged by today's episode, would you reach out and let us know? You can find us online at carolmccloudministries.com or on any of our social media channels. Or you know what? You can email me personally. My email is carolmccloud at carolmccloudministries. I would love to hear from you today and even spend some time praying for you. As always, don't forget to download our free mobile app. Just go to your smartphone, 
the App Store. Do a search for Carol McLeod Ministries. It's a free app. You can listen to a podcast, join a Bible study, buy product, read a devotional. We've got it all there in one place for you. But before we end this episode, as you know, I always like to leave you with eternal truth. So today, you know what? I'm going to share with you my lifetime scripture verse. It's Psalm 1611. And this is what it says. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. My friend, if you've looked for joy at Hawaii, in chocolate, in a designer wardrobe, or in your dream home, you're looking for joy in all the wrong places. There's only one place where you will discover joy, and that is in His presence. So if you need joy today, spend time with Him. Open your Bible. Turn on some worship music. Get on your knees, because in His presence, there's fullness of joy. Remember, you're significant, not because of your accomplishments, not because of your bank account, not because of your college degrees, but you are significant because you've been made in the exact image of your creator. I'll see you next time on the Significant Women Podcast.